Welcome to a life-transforming message from the Pottersville International Ministry. Our messages are heaven-breath, Holy Spirit-inspired, and destiny-changing for the transformation of individuals and society. As you listen, may you be blessed and positioned to take your place in life and be prepared for eternity. Blessings be asked for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Once again, good evening, mommies. Good evening, daddies, uncles, and aunties. Good evening, children. I want to thank our pastor and the pastorate. I want to thank every member for this opportunity again. Last week, we couldn't finish. I know we will never finish because. Is a continuous thing. What works yesterday might not work today. So, praise the Lord. The topic will still continue how to introduce, how we can introduce our children early in life to God. How can we can introduce God rather to our children early in life? Amen. Are we ready this evening? Hello, everyone. I will start with. Please, I want parents, I want us to remember this. Especially for those of us, our children are still young. Please discipline your child or your children. It's not an absence of law. That you discipline them doesn't mean you don't love them. In short, Lack of discipline, lack of discipline, lack of discipline means lack of love. It means you don't care. You are not careful about the end result of a thing. You will not really want to show any concern. Discipline is not an absence of love. And love does not negate discipline. That you love your child doesn't mean you should not discipline that child. Just a little story in the Bible to portray that as we continue. David has a son, his first son. And the point his first son was in love with his own Sister, I know who he called. He called his cousin. And his cousin said, Is that why, is that why you are down? Have you forgotten that I hold the son of a king? He said, Just tell your dad. Or just pretend that you're not feeling well. And your sister, and you know what happened at the end of the day? 
that child wasn't a disciplined child at all. That child wasn't a disciplined child at all. It went from him to Absalom, and then even when Solomon became a king, you know what happened too? Solomon's brother was also killed because he went to ask why. Because none, if you check, there was no discipline. David was a very committed soldier, a very committed king. But his children, most of them were not disciplined. And he played out. And it's happening today too. I took my time to do a research and I discovered that people that are doing very well, often their children are not doing very well. I'm saying it again. If you check the richest people in the world now, check their parents were not the richest people. If you check people that are doing very well in the world now, you find out that most of them, their parents were not the ones that did very well. One of the major challenges of people that have achieved so much is how to raise a child that will continue the legacy. Why? Because it becomes difficult at that point to discipline the child. To discipline the child. Let's open our Bible to the book of uh, let's go to Isaiah chapter 8 verse 18. It's a very popular verse. He said, I am the child who the children whom the Lord has given to me. They are for signs and wonders. Now let's also go to Psalm chapter 1 verse 27. Psalm chapter 1, sorry, 127 verse 3, Psalm, that talks about children and the heritage of the Lord. Please, I want us to know this. When something is a heritage, it means it was given to you. The thing did not come by effort. Hello? So the child you have, it wasn't because of your effort. It's a gift. Sorry, it's a gift. The child was given to you by God. Therefore, I want us to always remember this too. What you are doing for the child is that the best God expects. So, always remember that the child given to you is for an assignment. That child, from what we read in the book of Isaiah, chapter, I think, 18, or 8 verse 18, said they are for signs and they are for wonders. That means the children given to us, the children we are introducing to God are supposed to stand out. Standing out in the sense that if influence is going to happen, it must come from them, not to them. I will say that again. If anybody is going to be influenced, they will be the source of the influence. Not Whiskey, not David, but our children will be the source of influence. When I was uh, very young, I know, I don't know whether it's, it's not as popular as it used to be again, Ken Franklin. I used to know how 
No Nation project or more. Do you want a revolution? Oh, oh, we shot. I was doing the rap in my teen's church. I was a very good rapper when I was a teenager. I was doing the rap. I know how to sing all, all that, every part of the song. Give us some. He, huh? Give us some. He, I should give you some. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Let me not make you laugh this night. So, Ken Franklin had a strong influence on me. I was somebody that I used to know. I loved the kind of song he was singing. So I took time to, to, to listen to his song. So he had influenced me. But these days, thank God, we have so many Christian musicians that are doing very well. And they are influencing our children too. I pray, and it's my wish, that we keep, keep exposing our children to things that will have good influence and positive influence on them. So going forward, how do I introduce my children our children to God early in life. Last week we look at being intentional, we look at having a culture hmm, of faith, and not a culture and a faith. We must blend our culture and our faith. So from what we wear, what we say, what we do at home, so that when they grow up with it, it becomes part of them. And we also agree, last week, we're able to drive or eat home, that culture is what you do without effort. It's something that becomes part and parcel of me, wherever you go, you can uh, work with it. So today, going forward, another thing I want us to look at, very, very important, is before you can introduce your child to God, you must know what kind of child do I have? Hmm. What kind of child do I have? What kind of child do I have? When you know, my small rose said, when the purpose of the thing is not known, the abuse is inevitable. So you must know what kind of child do I have? Because everything is special. There is no template. I have a background in advertising and we believe where I work that there is no template for any brand. Every brand has its own way, unique way. So it's what works for a, a brand A might not work for a B brand. So every human being, just even twins that are identical, you can't use the same way for them. You must first of all discover who is this child. And by the grace of God, I have been working with children since 1999 till date. So I've worked with them long enough to conclude on something. And these things, you can take your time to look at them. I started teaching children when I was five years older than them. So I've been, I've been with children. I know how to navigate my ways around them. So one, there are two me over the years, I've been able to group them. But I'll start with the activators. And when I mention them, you begin to imagine whether or picture it, whether your children, the activators just the way their names sound. When they wake up in the morning, everybody will know that they are awake. They don't stop. When you ask them not to do something, just know that they are going to do it. When you say, let us go, they want to stop. When you say stop, they want to go. Everything they do, they do it with all of their energy. When they cry, they cry. When they laugh, they laugh. When they sleep, you find it difficult to wake them up. In short, when they shut down, forget about it. Until they wake up. 
They are like that. And they are, when I look at them, I will just know that ah, no, this is an activator. This, is, this child is an activator. They have so much energy. So much. So much. They are very nice people. If they are not around, everybody will miss them. And when they call, everybody say, ah, they have come again. But when they are not around, you want them. You will like them. You will like them. But you just know that when this person is here, things are going to be upside down. When you say, hey, by five o'clock, all light must be off, they will start, they will tell you that, hey, they, they are afraid of the dark. And then you wonder, how suddenly, you know, they, they, that's, maybe it's a new thing. And then you keep wondering, what is wrong with you? When you say, hey, everybody, we are eating Indomie today, they will tell you no. Right. That they want pop. You just keep wanting. If the whole world is going here, they want to go here. And you know the funny thing? That's who they are. Ah. So an attempt to change them will only cause trouble in the house. So how do you manage such a child? How do you manage the child? The second group is a listener. I'm going to give you Stories in the Bible that will bring all these things up, but I want us to look at it. The second group are the listener, and they are all they are also among us. They are the kind of children that all you need to do is to give them an instruction. They will obey. But if you don't tell them, if you don't tell them, they can walk past that thing hundred times. But when you tell them, don't you know you're supposed to pick anytime you see this thing pick it you find out that you will never see that thing again they are children that all they need is the world they are listeners they are the kind of children that when you beat them they will call you and say mommy why did you beat me why didn't you just say it just tell me i wouldn't have done it now then you feel bad at the end of the day that maybe i should should have told this child i'm beating this child maybe you find out that they keep, they, they, they engage in the world. They are the one that will come and tell you, tell me story. And you tell them story. Story is so, is so they are so fascinated by story. But tell an activator child a story. His mind is not there. They are the type that will tell you, come and tell me story, I want to sleep. An activator child sleeps before you even, you go and pick him or her and drop on the bed. They can sleep here and wake up there. They are just that kind of person. But, the listener words is so powerful to them. And they are the kind of children that you don't tell them big head. They will cry. And then you wonder, why are you crying? They said, you say, my mommy said my head is big. Is my head big? They believe what you say. They are the ones that will tell you if it matters, say it. Say that thing if it matters. They are the ones that when you are communicating with, don't say what you don't mean. Don't sit. See, something happened on Sunday in our class. You were there. The Michael and um, Mirabel, you were there when uh, our auntie gave an example that somebody was smoking. Can you remember? And then Kaima, is it Kaima? Yes, Kaima. Kaima stood up and said she wanted to ask a question. Then we said, what? No, I'm you. She said, so it's true that she, this guy is smoking and he's in our class. <laughs> I, I, had to, I had to say, I had to tell the, the, the teacher, I said, wait, let me explain to her. She's a listener. 
And I took my time to explain to her that the person is just being used as an example. So such children, you need, when you discuss you want them to believe. You don't joke with words in their presence. You don't. You don't joke with words in their presence. Anything that is said, they believe it. Anything that is said, they believe it. The third group are the observers. The observers, they are very, very wonderful children. They are those type of children that if you are not careful, you feel that they are aloof. They can be here now, and then you wonder where they are. They are here, everybody is talking, and then they are quiet. Everybody is playing, they are alone. They are the kind of child that you almost want to shake them, to activate them, to make them do something. You feel they are sluggish and lazy, but they are not. What happens is that they are very detailed people. So they need to concentrate to pick information. They are the type that when they get home, they can tell you what everybody wore, they can tell you what everybody said, and then you wonder how you that you were just there. They are picking information. They are very detailed people. So they need focus. They need to concentrate. You look at them, you think they are not serious. They are very deep. Very, very deep. They observe a lot. These children. They observe a lot. They are the one that knows when to come and ask you for something, and they always get it. And then you wonder that. Why do you always know when I have money? They know. And in the house, when their younger or their elder one discover that they are the one that is always getting it, I don't know if it happened in your house, they will gather and go and meet that child and say, hey, go and tell mommy that we want sweet. And the sweet will come out. Why? Because they know when to say it. They are the type that when you are masking your pain, they will come and say, mommy, what's, what's the problem? You say nothing, they will say, okay. They know that there's a problem. So when you discover who your child is, or what kind of child you have, it becomes easy on how to relate to the child. If you use the approach of an activator child for a listener child, it's going, you are going to be frustrated. The child is going to be frustrated. If you use the approach for an observer child, for a listening child, the mother feels the child is too slow. And then the father feels the child is just aloof. And then the mother always attacks the child, you are nothing like me. The father attacks the child, you are nothing like me. But in essence, the child is not you. You know, I started with the scripture that children are heritage. And I started by saying, I tried to establish that look. When you say something is hereditary, it is not by effort. It's not something you created. It's something that was given to you. So these children, the Bible said that they are gift from God. They are gift from God. And I also went for that. We read another place that said that they are for signs and they are for wonders. That is, they are very unique. They are for an assignment. They were given for something. If you read. That book of Psalm 127 again, he said, Blessed is he that has his quiver full of them, that he will stand at the gate. Hmm? He will confront the enemy. So they were given to you for something. 
not to make not to, to to populate Nigeria, no, or to make the African race or black race more to populate, no. For something that you have to discover. You have to discover. Now let me give you examples of this these types of children that I've mentioned. God led me to a family. The family that had that demonstrated all these things is the JC family in Israel. Now you say how? Let me let me go further by saying this. If you look and you have read about David, you find out that all David's life, everything before David did everything, he inquired. He was always asking. From when he killed Goliath, he first of all went to ask, what will be given? What what will be given to the man that will kill this man? You find out that when they went out to fight and then they came back and their camp was destroyed and their wives were taken, the all the other uh, regiment, they were all crying. But he did cry. He went to inquire, check all his life. He was always asking because his power is derived from information, from instruction, from instruction. So all he wants is they're the kind of people that will say, hey, God, say anything and I will do it. That was the kind, he was a listener. He was a listener. He was a listener. But look at his son, Solomon. Solomon wasn't like David. Solomon was an observer. Look, one of the things that stand or stood Solomon out was the first case that was brought before him that the Bible recorded about two women. One had one child had died, and the other one came with her. And he said, Look, one was protesting, yes, let's divide this child. And Solomon observed by saying, Ah. If you if this child is truly yours, you will not dividing a child into two is as well as killing the child, isn't it? Yes. And he said, no, you don't this child doesn't belong. This child belongs to this person. If you read, I think the book of uh, Proverbs, is it Proverbs chapter six, it says go and learn from the ant. It takes a mind of an observer to learn, to study ants. An activator will not even know that an ant exists. <laughs> if you see, he was the one that also said, I have seen under the earth. I have observed under the earth. I am error under the earth. He said, I have seen kings. Hmm? They are walking. And I have seen servants on horses. It takes a man. It takes an observer mind. Look at what happened. When David was to die, David or uh, Joab. Joab there did so many things and David could not kill him. And David said, he told his son, don't allow this man to go scot-free. Solomon didn't do anything. Solomon only went to him and said, look, anytime you go out of this city, that's the end. Because he has observed that this man does things before thinking. Eventually, he played out. If somebody came and did something, and the man he pursued the person, and when he came back, Solomon now came to him and said, oh, my cousin, you know I told you, you should not go out of it. Ah. That was how the man was killed. Because of what he learned, or he approached life from that. Please, 
we all want, I, I want to believe that we, we, we accept this statement that we only become big children. We never outgrow our childhood. What we like growing up, we still like them. What we fear growing up, we still fear them. Some of us who could not take injection when we were children. As an adult, are you, have you perfected the art? <laughs> Some of us could not sleep when the room is dark. Even till date, you say, hey, at least let my phone light be on. There's something. I like bright places. No. You grow up, you grow up being afraid of the dark. Now you're an adult. You don't, you don't want to own up that you're afraid of the dark. So you say, you see, Yes, I like the place to be bright somehow. So what you, what you, so our children, again, back to our children, and observer. Now, the third part, third person in that family, hmm, is David, or nephew, Joab, that I just mentioned. I took my time to read about that family. I think God led me there to conclude on this thing. Because I was looking, when I got the inspiration, I said, how, how? Joab, if you take time to read about Joab, Joab has other two brothers. Joab's mother was David's younger sister. Joab had a bishop and one other one. Joab was his, the middle child. He has, his elder brother, I think, was a bishop, and then the younger one was the one that was killed in, during the war. Joab was more popular than his brother. Not just that alone. When David sent a message about Uriah, that this, when they fight, kill, kill, or when, when the war is on, when the war is stopped, put Uriah there. Uh, tell the army to withdraw from him so that Uriah will be killed. When he sent message back to David, he told David that so many armies were destroyed. He said, but if David gets angry, just tell him that Raya is dead. Just tell him that Raya is dead. Just tell David that Raya. And when they told David, David calm down. Because that was the ultimate. There was a time he went to fight in the city. And he sent a message to David. He told David, you better come now or I will name this city after myself. David instructed him, when you see Absalom, don't kill him. Come kill him, rather. What did he do? He did not even think about it. Just kill him straight. Anything you ask him not to do, he would do it. He would do it. His cousin, I think, Manza or something, joined Absalom and became a general of Absalom. When he saw the cousin, he called, when David said, let us, even the, 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 the general, from Saul part, he killed because the man had killed his brother. David said, yeah, we have reconciled him. He just called the man, stabbed the man straight. He does things before thinking. Back home, please, these three groups I've mentioned, none is better than another, okay? We're going to go forward in how to deal with them, how to communicate with them, how to guide them. But you first of all need to identify what kind of child do I have. Last week when I was going home, the BRT bus I boarded, the lady I sat beside, she was carrying a baby. And we got talking. She said, 
she was inside the bus before I got there. She said she prayed that somebody, that the person who that would sit next to her would teach her something. So I saw her and I saw the baby and I just said hi to the baby. I just said, how come somebody's laughing somebody that didn't she have a BRT card and she, she just found. She said, no, she tapped in. She just said, she just wanted to feel the warmth of her mother. I said, that's good. So we got talking and one thing led to another. She said something. She asked me a question. She said, that their parents raised them so well, but that they are having issues with their only brother. And then I laughed. She said, no, I was not laughing. I said, something happened along the line. Because you cannot be raised well, and then you are having an issue. It's not possible. It's not possible. And then I asked her, I said, can you remember any time? Then she said, yes, that her brother, when he was a child, that he didn't walk on time. That when he was two, he was still crying. That because of that, the mother now had pity on the child. You know, I started by saying discipline is not absence of love. Mm. It's not. If, in short, if you love them, discipline them. I was telling Pastor Kay that I'll be going to my grandma's place this night. It's a very far place from here. Because I got to know she's alone and nobody's with her in the house. And I need to go and stay with her. This was my grandmother that when I was younger than this, ah, at the point, I, I asked her, did you give birth to my dad? She's my paternal grandmother. She's not my maternal grandmother. We were always like this. Because she was too disciplined. Till I understand that, till today, if I do something wrong, and you tell me, I will tell your grandmother, I will literally beg you. Not that she can beat me, but she inculcated that thing in him in us, when my grandma is coming to the house, because I happen to stay with her, my teenage, this now I'm saying I'm not a baby at that point anymore, I was a teenager. My grandma immediately, you hear her voice from the gate. We were arranged the city room, city room, we will sweep everywhere and we will all take position. <laughs> she, has a, she has a particular place she sits in the city room. If you are seated there and she's coming, you don't need to be told. When visitors come and she's not around, you will tell visitor, please don't sit here. Because you don't know when she will come. It was that bad. We used to call my grandmother, Margaret Thatcher. We used to call her Margaret Thatcher. Now she's old and weak. She needs to be taken care of. If she had not or discipline me or raise me well. By now, I'm careless. See, the children you discipline are the ones that will remember you. The children you don't discipline are the ones that will undo all that you have labored for. All of it. All of it. All of it. Discipline is not sweet. Hmm? But discipline, discipline rather, is, is like healing, it's something you take, it's like a pill, something that heals. At the point of taking it, it will not be sweet, but what it does in your body is something you cannot live without. Please, return discipline back again to the house. 
You don't need to tell your child to greet an elder. It's wrong. Your child should greet an elder many times. Many times. You can't forget to greet somebody. <laughs> How will you forget to greet somebody? Is it possible to forget to greet somebody? In short, when you greet somebody and the person has no answer, that means you keep greeting the person until the person answers. So back to the, the, the group of people that I mentioned. Let's start with observer. So how do you communicate with your child as an observer? How? First and foremost, please, I want us to know that an observer child needs patience. Needs patience. You need to come down to their level because they learn by seeing what you do. So you don't tell an observer child, I mentioned it last week here, you don't tell an observer child, stop telling lies. When you're always telling him or her, tell her, tell her when the two come, just tell the two I'm sleeping. And then you're watching much. You now know the whole thing. Because you don't want the two. And then you tell the observer, when the two come, just tell him I'm sleeping. And do it very well. That child is observing you. You don't tell an observer child, eh? you don't go and discuss at home, discuss a particular person in the house to an observer child or to the ears of an observer child and expect, expect that observer child to relate well with that person hmm. next time. He will stay, he or she will stay away from that person. An observer child will take all your enemies as their enemies. They will like those you like. They will disrespect those you disrespect. They will accept those you accept. Because they keep looking at you. They keep looking at you. They are the type that when you dress, you just find out that they want to dress like you. They are more of a copycat kind of people. So you have to, if you have an observer child, be very, very careful. Very, very, very careful. Very, they need patience. You need to apply that when you are dealing with them. Because they are very detailed people. They are very detailed people. Come to their level. Take your time. If you are communicating with them and they are not getting it, don't be normal. Don't say, well, what's wrong with you, blockhead? Don't. Calm down. Calm down. If they are not getting it, tell them, can we continue tomorrow? Can we continue tomorrow? They learn more from what you do than what you say. They take their own time to learn something. They are the type that when you are teaching them something, they will tell you, Please, can you hold on? Just hold on. At that point, they are not assimilating anymore. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. For a listening child, anything you say is just there. They know everything. Just talk. They can just stay like this. Tell them stories. Ask them 10 years time. They'll tell you everything. Because the team just keep entering. 
they listen to story in law and they can tell story in law. They are the one that will gather their mates and sit down to preside over them with stories. Just you look for them because they can talk. They can talk. Why? Because what anything you are saying, you think they are not picking it. Mm, it's a lie. They know history. Anything you say, they will. They were here June 14. Uh, so so you wonder where? Why? They heard it. They don't forget something. They know people that told them last year that oh, there is nothing in your head. They know that person. They will not forget. They will say, well, it's not when I was two years old. Oh, Jude said, uh, they, they don't, don't say it. Therefore, our third special activator. <laughs> activator. If you have an activator child, ah, God is your strength. God, you see what I know how to come down. God is your strength. They are very good people. Only that they drive you to the extreme. They take you to the everything is extreme. And the only please, I'm not saying you should be abusive. But the only language an activator child or understand is impact. Keep talking, provided you don't make impact, nothing. You don't understand what I mean by impact? No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> that lady I saw in the bus, she said her daughter, when her daughter was, oh, time, I just have some seconds. When her daughter was, in that very few months, that when the daughter went to eat, the daughter would start beating her on the cheek. <laughs> she said, you beating me whenever she wants to eat. She, she's always very impatient. She wants to eat. So one day she now took the baby inside. She made she made sure there was nobody. <laughs> Let me say this off camera. <laughs> she now she now beat the baby. Small baby. <laughs> she said after that event that the baby now Maybe calm down. If you have them, impact is what calm them down. In short, they expect you, they, they are expectant of the impact. So if you don't create or don't make that impact, they feel you have no, you are not making any point. You're not to waste their vision. It doesn't mean anything to them. It doesn't mean anything to them. They live their life as if they don't have emotion. It doesn't what they understand his impact. Yes. Impact. Mm. That's the only thing. You know, some people say, and then it's when, you know, when you make that impact and then their head will be reconfigured. Mm. <laughs> or it will calibrate. So because of time, I will round up with these few words. And there was, there is this lady, she's still alive. How to you know the topic is how to introduce your child to God early in life. I want to tell because some people say ah, it's not possible. Every child has no. You have to guide them. Children come empty, so you have to guide them. I was a non or, or long tennis player. Her name was Monica Silas. 
her parents loved tennis. So before she was giving birth to, they had a, a, a mindset of introducing her to the king. They decorated her room, everything was tennis. In short, she came, the only thing she knew and loved was tennis. So much that at the age of 17, she, she, I think she pray, played in the, a, a Grand Slam. And at the age of 19, she won, or seven, 18, she won. But something happened along the line, since she was stabbed in 1993 or somewhere in Germany. She could not play again. When she came back, she wasn't doing well. And then she had so, she, 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 she fell into depression because that was the only thing she grew up loving. Those are, you know, the Bible said Jesus Christ was talking and suddenly he left what he was saying to say that, that the children of this world, that they are wiser than the children of the kingdom. Hmm. We can actually guide our children the way we want because we are ahead of them. We can guide them. So please and please, today we're able to look at you knowing your children, and I've also established that look, these children are a gift. So we inherited them from God. They, are, they did not come to us by effort. And in conclusion, I'm saying now, using a life example, that look, you can actually guide them to what you want. It is my prayer that our children will turn out good. Amen. And it's also my prayer that we put hand to work so that the children we want will become the children that we have in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've been blessed with this message. For more of such life-transforming and destiny-impacting messages, follow us on all of our social media handles on Facebook and YouTube, Pottersville. On Instagram, the Pottersville Church. Thank you and God bless you.